This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Coming to you live from Atlanta, but raised on the mean streets of Philly. You'll be able to tell quickly. Just listen. It's the John Kincaid Show on CBS Sports Radio. And we appreciate you being a part of the John Kincaid Show on CBS Sports Radio. Coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. When you need an expert to help navigate the home loan process, Rocket can. I promise you we are not going to get into any deep discussions about the New York Knicks or the Mets. So for all you people all over the country listening on our great CBS Sports Radio affiliates, I promise you this will be like a inconsequential New York team zone. We're going to stay away from them. Going to stay away from those teams. Going to stay away from them all. We got a lot of people, though, that want to get in on the phone lines at 855-212-4CBS. I will get to them, and then, Anthony, have your sheet ready to just give me your seatings. Piano has homework like me. We're going to tell you this hour how the AFC and NFC teams will be seated that we have put into the postseason. And we're going to tell you those seatings coming up in around, I would say, probably eight minutes from now or so. So I appreciate you being a part of the show. But I want to get Christian in Alabama on. Christian, welcome to the John Kincaid Show. Good morning. Hey, thank you for taking my call. I know it's a little early in the morning. but um, No, I appreciate it. Uh, I'm here. You might as well call. So, I mean, that's great. Yeah, I have to drive an hour to work every day. I'm in the military, so you know, it gives me something to do on the way there. Thank you very uh, much for serving. Thank you for your support, sir, if anything. Uh, I just had a kind of a two-part question for you in terms of political views in the NBA. Um, it's a two-parter, to say the least, but do you think that if fans were in the stands, I know it had never been a thing, that they would still be having terrible ratings? And the second part of that is, if there were fans in the stands, do you think they would be doing the same things they are now, politically speaking, in the game? I, you know what's that, – that's awesome, and I appreciate it. Christian, safe travels on the road. I'll, I'll answer your question here. Uh, I've got to tell you that there's many, many times I try to think of angles to talk about and issues to talk about and discuss, and you hear a, uh, a caller, and they give you something that you never thought of before. And I never, ever thought of the angle, would they be doing this? Well, first off, would the ratings be affected – uh, Christian, I don't think anybody tunes in and goes, man, I want to see game seven. I can't wait to see the fans. I can't wait to see the, uh, the chiefs and the Titans AFC title game. I just can't wait to see the fans. Uh, so I don't believe that's the case. Don't believe it. But 
I wonder. I think the NBA, because I do believe the NBA has lost its way a bit in going a little too full bore on we're not only going to we're not only going to play a basketball game for you, we're going to lecture you. And we played it a few weeks ago for you on the show. It was either last week or the week before, where the NBA's voting initiative. And LeBron James literally is like, well, we're not telling you who to vote for. And then he literally tells you who to vote for. I think that they have a little bit of a disconnect between their fan base, their overall fan base, and who they want to run off and who they want to keep. I really do. I think there's a disconnect. Because... When I go to Target, when I go to Walmart, when I go to my local supermarket, when I go to my favorite restaurant in Atlanta, I'm not looking to get my meal, uh, pick up my groceries and everything, and then also be lectured. Or, in many ways, talked down to. And I don't think that that is what people are coming for for sports. I don't. And it doesn't make you a bad person to think that way. You can be all about social justice. You can be all about equal application of the law, which every one of us should, by the way, be about. I I find it strange if there's anybody that isn't, but you should be all about it. But when I'm watching the Braves and the Phillies, when I'm tuning in for the Eagles and the Cowboys, no. I have no interest in that right there. It's not what I'm there for. Mac in Alaska joins us. Good morning, Mac. Hey, John. How you doing today? I'm doing well, Mac. What's going on, buddy? Uh, that's great. I just wanted to say something real quick about um, the whole situation with the NBA and the ratings. So, like, I try to watch the games when I can, but, um, like, a lot of people I talk to, they have so many uh, options as far as entertainment goes that it's like, you know, they'll – it's nothing for them to just, like, change it really quick. And like I said, I like to watch when I can. But the thing that is just amazes me is, like, um, something appears to have happened where it seems as if I don't know if some of the, the some of the NBA players, like, there's a, a tone where it seems like they think, like, we the fans are against them and their communities when it's like that. Like, I don't know where that came from, but it just – well, it here, just amazes me how it's taken that tone. Like we're I not got you. like I, I got you, and I appreciate your call. Here's what I would say though, is Mac, is that I think for a lot of those NBA players that have almost voiced that opinion, like you're the people coming and paying my bills. You're the people coming and uh, you know, and buying the luxury boxes and buying the courtside seats and everything, but you're against me. There are some players who who absolutely give off that tone. But what I try to look at that is with a little bit of grace and say, I don't understand because that hasn't affected me. Something has affected them in their lives, something they've experienced, something they've lived through, that they actually would believe that. They actually would believe that. And I'm not here to say they're wrong or they're right, but I am here to say it's bad business. It's bad business. You want to make your, your fan base, the people who pay your bills, the people who support you, the people who made you multimillionaires, do you want to make people feel uncomfortable? Do you want to make, like, while they're, while they're trying to be entertained at a game? Now, on your own social media platform, in your own free time, absolutely, do what you got to do. 
I think it's bad business. Seymour in Knoxville, Tennessee joins us. Seymour, what's going on, brother? How's it going? Good, man. What's going on today? Uh, man, I just want to say, all these politics and sports, it's killing me. And it's not just because they're trying to push it down our throats. It's because they're so uneducated. And they want to treat us and want us to become their sheep. The staff. Well, the thing is, the thing is I don't, can I tell you, Seymour, right off the bat? I don't like yeah. the us and them stuff. Because you're painting with a broad brush on both sides. It's us and the, It doesn't have to be us and them. There are some NBA players who I think come off far more uh, open-minded, fair-minded, and have a spectacular message than others. They, they, I, they I don't do like the us and them stuff. I don't like that. And they can do their messages so much better in interviews and stuff like that besides just protesting. One of the great stories come out in Knoxville, Tennessee was Trace Mir. I, I watched him. I watched him yesterday, and then I went and read about him. But no one knows about that because all well, this. Well, you should be able to find it. It was unbelievable, and 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 it, appreciate your call. You can go and you can read, and find out about Tennessee football. And I'm all for protesting. I'm not for what went down in Rochester the other night or what goes on in Portland now for over 100 nights. I'm nothing about that at all. And any law-abiding citizen with an IQ should not be about it. Should not be about it. And that's my opinion. And I write it with, I, I, I will write it down for you in Sharpie in case you think I'm saying it in pencil. I'll put it in Sharpie. But I'm all for protest. See, I think peaceful, I think peaceful protest uh, marches, uh, gatherings of people uh, that are done peacefully, respectfully, but loudly to me are of great value. And I never want to see anybody squelched on that. I never want to see anybody's ability to have that be squelched. All right, let's lighten the mood a bit. And Anthony Piano, it's time for us to give us our seatings. We've chosen the playoff teams for the AFC and the NFC. And now it's about seeding them. So let's do your AFC first, Anthony. I'm going to tell you first, and then we're going to compare and see how much we're different, okay? All right, sounds good. Here's my AFC. I have your number one seed being the Baltimore Ravens again in the AFC, mainly because the fact is I think their division is in flux. So I think the Ravens will capitalize on that. I have the number two seed, Buffalo Bills. Because I think their division in flux. And I think the Bills will capitalize. I have the Super Bowl champion Chiefs as the three seed. And the Tennessee Titans as the four seed. So those are your division winners. Ravens, Bills, Chiefs, Titans. Why are the Titans four? They played in the AFC title game last year. I mean, do I not think they're ascending? Well, I think you'll be able to figure out why they're four when I tell you that I have the Colts at five and the Texans at six. So I have four, five, and six all coming from the AFC South, followed by the Pittsburgh Steelers at seven. I went back and forth on this about the Steelers. And here's one thing I know. Mike Tomlin is a freaking great coach. And his teams tend to always be around 500, even in their bad years. So there I have it. Ravens, Bills, Chiefs, Titans, Colts, Texans, Steelers.
Anthony, how different are you? A little bit. So I do have Baltimore number one. I have Kansas City at number two. Okay. I have Buffalo three. Right. And then I have the uh, the AFC South winner, Houston, in at the fourth seed. And then my fifth, I have the Steelers. Six, I have New England. And finally, seventh, I have the Las Vegas Raiders. And you have the Raiders. So we do have a lot of different teams there. Now, remember this year, in the wild card round, two plays seven, three plays six, four plays five. We get six wild card games, which just honestly has me already in a cold sweat. Let's go to, and, and next hour, we'll tell you how our playoffs play out. All right, let's go to the NFC. Anthony, the number one seed, the Minnesota Vikings. How about that? I think the Minnesota Vikings are going to be the team that sort of shocks everybody this year. But remember, I'm the person who told you I don't think the Packers are making the playoffs. I have the 49ers, the defending NFC champs, as the two seed. I have the Philadelphia Eagles as the three seed. And the New Orleans Saints winning the NFC South as the four seed. Saints at four, a lot lower than most people. Cowboys five, first wild card. Seahawks six. And I stuck with it, even with a chance to redo it. Falcons seven. So Vikings, 49ers, Eagles, and Saints, division winners, Cowboys, Seahawks, Falcons as the three wild cards. How far different are you there? Well, I have uh, my number one seed in the NFC, the Seattle Seahawks. Wow. That's bold and beautiful. Then I have at number two, the New Orleans Saints, followed by at number three, the NFC East winners, the Dallas Cowboys. At number four, I have the Green Bay Packers. And then at five, I have the San Francisco 49ers. At six, I have the Los Angeles Rams. Wow. And then at seven, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You have the Rams in the postseason. You have, we have a lot of things that we don't – there's many things that we can argue about now as we've laid it out for you. Those are the seven playoff teams in each conference, and we'll tell you next hour how the playoffs play out. But – we usually are much more lockstep on teams. This year, drastically different, yes. Drastically different. Uh, you you have the Raiders in the playoffs. I do not. Uh, I have the Colts in where you have the Raiders in. I have the uh, you. I have the Falcons in. You have the Bucks in. See, in the AFC, you have three teams from one division, and then the NFC, I have three teams from one division. I have three now, teams. I have it from the NFC West, and then in the AFC, you have the three from the AFC South. Eagles, Cowboys. Pape, you don't even have the Eagles in. I do not have the Eagles in. I, only, I, no, only, I only could get the one in uh, from the NFC. And East. you don't have the Giants or the Redskins in. <laughs> no. It's shocking. <laughs> oh, no, there's no Redskins anymore. I forgot about Washington that. Washington football team. Washington football team. That's going to be the strangest thing ever. It's the Eagles and the Washington football team. God, that's so bad. That is bad. There you go. So there's your NFC and AFC playoff teams. We will tell you how the playoffs play out in the next hour here on the John Kincaid Show on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, I really, I'm really so excited. I'm excited for Thursday night to see Chiefs-Texans. I am excited for next Sunday knowing that when we come into work next Sunday morning, Anthony, we will be going home to watch NFL football. It just, it seems, it seems unbelievable. Because in the year of 2020, we have been kicked in the beanbag over and over again. 
just, just pummeled. Like a kick me signs on our back. And next week we get NFL football. And I can't wait for it. And hopefully you're going to be here for it all season long. We are your spot. And by the way, Anthony, you do know the word. Right? I'm, I'm sure you already knew. We can ch- announce to the audience, the John Kincaid Show, this is not the last four-hour edition of the John Kincaid Show where we usually go to three hours during the NFL season. Stay four hours, baby. It's staying four hours. It's no Mets talk or anything like that, or Knicks talk. We're, good. We, we, we're just going to stay four hours. So the national audience, you get four hours of the John Kincaid Show. Listen on the Radio.com app anytime you wish. Listen at Sirius XM 206. Listen on your great local affiliates, and hopefully they carry as many hours of the show as possible. I referenced a piece Friday morning on the DA show, a great breakdown of Lakers Rockets written by Sam Quinn from CBS Sports on the NBA. And he ended up being prophetic. We'll find out what he wrote about next on the JK show, CBS Sports Radio. It's becoming your Sunday habit. This is the John Kincaid Show on CBS Sports Radio. And I appreciate that you're a part of the show. Did you know next Sunday another season of the NFL on CBS begins? This year, the young quarterbacks of the story. Week one, featuring last year's MVP, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, taking on Baker Mayfield and the Browns. Allen, Josh Allen and the Bills, facing Darnold's Jets and Cam's debut in New England. That's going to be fun. Plus, rookie debuts from Joe Burrow and Tua could potentially be starting down the line. It all starts with the NFL today at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, next Sunday on CBS. The NBA music, you know it, though. The bubble has been bubblicious. It has really been good. Friday morning, I'm doing the DA show here on CBS Sports Radio, and I did a segment referencing the fine work of Sam Quinn where he previewed the Lakers series against the Rockets. And I had the gall to potentially question his premise. And Sam Quinn, after one game, laid it out for you beautifully. And he joins us now on the J.K. Show here on CBS Sports Radio. Sam, I wasn't questioning your expertise, but I was questioning would the Lakers be caught flat-footed and not know what the Rockets were bringing to the table. And at least on Friday night, that's what it looked like to me. You know, John, if you're not questioning my expertise, I certainly am because I was pretty wrong about how the first game went. Uh, now, Frank Vogel tends to be pretty slow with his adjustments, but right. the scary thing for the Lakers above all else is that they tried virtually everything in game one and nothing worked, right? They started with the big with the center with JaVale McGee. They gave JaVale and Dwight Howard 24 minutes, and they still didn't win the rebounding battle. It was 41-41. You know, the Lakers got outscored in the paint. You know, they played Rondo, and they still had fewer assists. But then they tried the small ball lineup with Anthony Davis at center and presumably was shooting around those guys, although the Lakers don't have that much shooting. And that didn't work either. That group got outscored as well. So, you know what? Yeah, Lakers, they should be panicking right now because I don't have a good answer. I don't know what it is with this frankly thin roster. I'm not saying that they're absolutely going to lose the series, but there isn't an obvious fix to this. The, uh, you did say, though, uh, you, you were questioning whether the Rockets could be a nightmare matchup. 
But the, the, the thing is, I thought that would all be about within games. I just doubt the Rockets. And maybe that's what it's where I'm at. I just doubt the, the way that roster's put together. I doubt their coach. I doubt their playoff history. And maybe you'll end up looking dumb here. The, the, the Lakers don't look themselves, though, even in this bubble. Even, and the Clippers certainly don't either. We'll get to them. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a combination of things, right? They miss Avery Bradley. I think that's pretty clear, and it's sure. going to be really clear in this matchup with James Harden. I mean, Al Caruso is too small. He played great defense in the Blazers series, but Damian Lillard is six feet, six one, six two. James Harden is significantly bigger. He can't defend him. Danny Green is too slow. They tried trapping, but frankly, I felt like they tried it in the wrong ways. They were doing those haphazard mid-possession traps that sort of just leave you in no man's land. I would expect to see more of you know, what Dallas, what Toronto, what Denver tried during the season where they would just trap him the moment he crosses half court. But, I mean, it's clear that it's taken a toll on them as well. LeBron, he didn't want to be there. He wanted to leave when the Bucks boycotted their game. I think just when you factor in how depleted this roster is, how hastily constructed it was, I mean, they let most of the best free agents sign elsewhere while they waited for Kawhi. Then when Kawhi didn't come, they kind of had to do the best they could with what was available. And what we're seeing is they didn't do a great job. Like, they did the best they could. But, you know, Danny Green is not a $15 million player right now. Contavious Caldwell-Pope is not playing like a starting caliber guy. You might be able to win a championship with the two best players. But if LeBron and AD are anything less, yeah, they're in trouble. Is defense effort because the Clippers, to me, they're not giving me the Clippers that I saw for a lot of part of this season. They're, they're, and I don't know if I, I, whether believe defense is want to and effort. I've heard that a lot from Shaq over the years, that if a team just doesn't want to put out. It seems like there's an inconsistent effort on the uh, Clippers' part, and last night they showed it. That Denver team's talented. I don't watch enough of them during the season, but that's a talented club. But some nights they just look a little flat. Well, I, I think that that's true to an extent. Like Kawhi clearly does not play at 100% defensively every possession of every game. And you know what, given his offensive load and his injury history, I kind of get that. Patrick Beverly coming back from an injury himself. You know, Paul George has talked about the issues he's had in the in the bubble. Like, I can almost get it to an extent, but I sort of look back on what this year was really like for the Clippers, where it was always, well, one guy's in, one guy's out. And like, oh, Paul George is back, now Kawhi's hurt. You know, now Montrez is hurt, now he's back, but Beverly's hurt. And I just keep coming back to this fact that, like, We've never seen a team with no experience together or as little experience together as the Clippers have, you know, for an entire season come together in the playoffs and win the whole thing. Defense is effort. Like, that's obviously a huge part of it. But if you're playing five-man defense and you expect your entire unit to be on a string, having experience together, being able to communicate effectively, knowing instinctually what your teammates are going to do, yeah, that's really important, too, especially against a team like Denver that is the best passing big man maybe ever in Jokic. And Murray does a lot of two-man game off of him. He moves a lot off the ball. That's something that Denver can really do, and it's punishing the Clippers for their inexperience, or at least it did last night. Now, I think the Clippers are still going to win that series, and the biggest threat to the Clippers right now is the Lakers, who are in serious trouble on the other side of the bracket. But this is a problem, and somebody down the line, whoever it is, is going to figure out how to exploit it. Uh, Sam Quinn, CBS Sports on the NBA, joining us here, J.K. Show, CBS Sports Radio. If Toronto comes back to win that series, that would be one of the like greatest one-foot-in-the-grave 
jumping out for new life that I've ever seen. And Boston may have let this series slip away. It's only 2-2, but they may have let it slip away. I mean, I saw a great tweet from Tony Jones of The Athletic on Twitter yesterday where he said they let OG Ananobi's shot beat them twice, and that's how it yes. felt. It felt, like, it felt like they just weren't there in Game 4. I think they're the better team, and in a three-game series, which is what this is now, first team to two wins, I'm always going to trust the team that has the closer, that has the shot maker, which Boston does in Jason Tatum, and the Raptors kind of do that by committee. But, yeah, Boston has a problem right now. Their heads weren't in the game in game four. Like, it was closer than I think it probably should have been, but the Raptors seem like they got a huge from that shot. And just poetically speaking, it's so fitting that this whole year, the whole narrative is, oh, the Raptors, they lost Kawhi. Can they do it? You know, can they really live on without a superstar? And then the guy who missed the entire championship run last year and has since replaced Kawhi in the starting lineup is the one who made that big shot, which, I don't know, it's not quite as impressive as Kawhi's against the Sixers, but it's not no. far off. It's not if far you were to off. say that was the top 10 buzzer beater you've ever seen, like I wouldn't yes. deny that. It was an incredible shot. So, you My, know what? The Raptors have the momentum right now. Like I think Boston is better, and if I had to make a pick in that series, I'm still just going to say I trust Jason Tatum to win fourth quarters. But, yeah, the Raptors, they're back. This is going to be competitive. How about Miami? I mean, it's, a, it's, it's incredible what they've done right now because the Bucks just look discombobulated. You know, it really is. It's another amazing one. Like, I, it made no sense to me when Jimmy Butler went to Miami. I thought, why is he going to this lottery team? Why wouldn't he go to, you know, the Lakers or the Clippers or whoever it was going to be? Why wouldn't he just stay in Philly? Jimmy Butler knew something about this team and this organization that we didn't, and we all owe him an apology. Because right now, like, I keep going back and forth on this, and what happens in the last few games of Boston-Toronto might change my mind. Miami's the Eastern Conference favorite right now, and Jimmy Butler is probably the best player in the East, which is an unfathomable thing to say when the MVP, the presumably back-to-back MVP, is in that conference. He's embarrassed Giannis for three games. He has. And their shooting is so overwhelming. They're so well-coached. They're so athletic defensively with Bam and with Crowder and with Iguodala, and they're so smart. It's kind of a perfect playoff team. I understand why it didn't work in the regular season. You know, if those few shooters were off, I could see why they'd have bad offensive nights. Defense wasn't quite there for most of the year, but they're perfectly built for the playoffs, and right now I think they're going to the finals. Check out Sam Quinn's work. Follow him on Twitter. I do. And you get linked to it all throughout the NBA playoffs. Great job, Sam. I'll talk yep, to you anytime, soon. John. There you go, buddy. Sam joined us here. The J.K. Show, CBS Sports Radio. I want to go to a call before the end of the hour, bottom of the hour here. Judd's with us in Buffalo. And Judd, I mean, are, you, have a very, you have a very different profession from my normal caller. Well, yeah, I'm a priest, and I like to listen to your show before I get ready to go over to church. Um, <laughs> I go over about 8 o'clock before our 9 o'clock mass. I love listening to sports radio. I've been a sports fan since uh, the days of Jack Kemp with the wow. Buffalo Bills. So you're, you're, yeah. You really are legendary with it. There was, well, I mean, that's, you listen, you listen, preparing for church, listening to me though. I mean, see, I go to mass on Saturday nights, five thirty. So we do the five thirty mass in our parish here in, in Atlanta. But I mean, you're preparing, well, listening to me. Is that, is that well, spiritually it's, it's get you fired my, up? It's not my only preparation, but, uh, <laughs> you know, when you get sports has so many, uh, you know, similarities to religion too. I was at the bill's greatest comeback against the Oilers. That was like a religious experience, you know. I bet it was. Saturday afternoon, right? That was a Saturday afternoon game, if I'm not mistaken. It wasn't sold out either. Walked up, got a ticket. It wasn't on TV here. Yeah. Crazy. 
but the reason I was calling is, uh, as a priest, as a, in, the, in the Catholic Church at least, for, since 1971, the official Church teaching has been, if you're not working for and preaching about justice, you're not doing your job. And when the readings talk about it, like Isaiah, Jeremiah, sure. you know, a lot of the gospel, you have to talk about it. You know, you have to walk the walk, too. But I'm kind of ambivalent about sports. When I, kind of like what you were saying before, if I'm tuning into a, a baseball game or a basketball game, I don't know. It, it just, I'm kind of thinking, well, let's when, let's when I come to sports. When I come to and, church, and, when I come to church on Sunday, on Saturday afternoons, I honestly am not looking for Monsignor Dillon to be telling me about uh, the, uh, the 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 Hawks and the Braves. Like mm-hmm. I'm there, I'm there for what I'm there for, and I don't think it makes you a bad person to be like I'm there for what I'm there for. Now, uh, you know, after church, you can talk about whatever you want, but it's like you know, it, it just it, it's something that I, I I do find a little troubling at times. Hey, um, Judd, we're going to have to, uh, I have to run, but uh, I uh, hope you'll join us again sometime. Thank you very much for yourself. And I appreciate your uh, sacrifice and uh, what you're doing. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I can think of, uh, I think of, there's a, there's a, there's a diverse group of people that listen to this show every week. And because of the fact that we're on Sunday mornings nationally, a lot of different people get exposed to the network that don't normally listen to the network. It's a great network, and you should check it out. You should listen to DA, check out Romy, uh, check out Tiki and Tierney, uh, and Bill Ryder's back, too. So uh, you, you want to make sure that you uh, check out the network anytime, cbssportsradio.com. You can use the uh, radio.com app. You can listen to Sirius XM 206, and, of course, our great local affiliates. The owner of the best hair in sports radio. Just ask him. Welcome back to the J.K. Show on CBS Sports Radio. Appreciate you being a part of the show. Our toll-free line, 855-212-4CBS, sponsored by GEICO. Did you know right now GEICO is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies on top of what GEICO could already save you? So what are you waiting for? Visit GEICO.com. To learn more today, uh, I leave my uh, I leave my uh, DMs open on Twitter. Allow people to have a voice. Uh, as long as it's fairly civil, I will always exchange and try to get into an exchange. Um, this gentleman this morning, and I'm saying gentleman because it was for a thing, and he says, "Great, another Sunday morning filled with your right wing hate speech." Right wing hate speech. Anthony, did I miss did I miss that segment? Did I miss the, did I miss the right wing hate speech segment? I didn't catch it. I didn't either. He said, "Also, your pizza shop NBA analogy is awful. You're paying for that pizza, so you should get what you ordered without political opinions. The NBA owes you nothing. I sincerely despise your show." I said, "Okay." So I responded very kindly. I said, "The NBA owes me nothing." Okay, then that goes for any other business. I pay for the NBA, too. I pay for the satellite package. I've paid for tickets in the past few years. Take family down to games. And he says, well, cancel your subscription then. You subscribe to the shut up and dribble mentality, which is H sheesh. I said, no, in fact, not at all. I think every NBA player should use their personal forum 
to get their points of view out and to be as active in their communities otherwise as possible. But when I'm watching an NBA game, that's not what I'm there for. He says, you know why I don't go to, this guy says, you know why I don't go to Chick-fil-A? Because they're a pro-abortion establishment that's closed on Sundays. But I bet you frequent that place, right? Your opinion should be served, but not others. Everything is political now. You're trying to silence opinions that aren't your own, Adolf. And that's where you just go to the point of, you say, okay. Gentleman, uh, by the way, faceless gentleman without a name. That would be what you would call cowards. Cowards that sit behind a keyboard, have an opinion, and then he probably has five of these accounts. So that's where the discussion ends. I said, really? So you're telling me that when you go to Chick-fil-A, they tell you how to vote? When you go to Chick-fil-A, they tell you, uh, they, they're, they're literally lecturing you as you're getting your chicken sandwich? Because I've been going to Chick-fil-A for years and I've never had that happen. And you know why I go to Chick-fil-A? Go to Chick-fil-A for the food. And you know what? I would not go to Chick-fil-A if they were lecturing me on politics. I wouldn't. I'm sorry, wouldn't. You can join us at 855-212-4CBS. I wouldn't. I'm not going to, uh, went to a great Italian restaurant last, last Sunday night here in Atlanta. Had a great meal. And if I sat down for my meal and part of the routine was the waiter was going to tell me who they're voting for, why uh, a worldview that I may have is different than theirs, I would literally never go again. I would never patronize the restaurant again. It's not what I'm there for. But I would welcome that waiter where this is where this guy totally misses the point. Uh, I would welcome that waiter on their time away from their job to do everything they could to make sure that their voice is heard. And as Shaq says on the podcast frequently, he said, for every guy on Twitter that's telling me this is what you need to do, this is how you need to vote, he challenges point blank and says, what are you doing in your community? What are you doing? Are you doing things in your community? Tell me what you're doing in your community. Tell me what you're doing with your free time, with your money, uh, to, to help out your community. Because if every one of us fixed, helped to fix one little problem in our communities, if every one of them gave of our time, tried to fix one thing, it might be a little bit better. Sabah, North Carolina joins us. Sabah, welcome to the John Kincaid Show. Good morning. How are you? Hey there, my, my friend John. I just love uh, listening to uh, Sunday mornings now. Thank you so much. Get, thank you. Let's get to business. I am a huge, huge sports fan. You would probably understand I know that. that. Yes, I know that. Okay. I can't watch the NBA. I literally crave it so badly. But when I, when I go there, I want relaxation and unity. And all I get is strife and division. You can't and- bring – it's supposed to bring people and family together. You can't watch it if y'all disagree politically with what you're sitting there watching on the TV because they keep making you kind of. I, I mean, make it's, you think of things that are hate speak constantly. They're divisive, and everything they court, their jersey is killing. Me. And you are a big, and you're a big NBA fan. Huge, you are a big NBA fan. It. Huge. Now yes. I have to go to Netflix. And you like women's basketball too, huge. And not only yeah, well, I stop that once they um, put a rapist on their uh, thing, and uh, you know, well, it's, it's amazing. You can rape women, and you're a martyr. I can say Redskins, and I'm a racist. I can't. I mean, we can't do that. Don't get into that today. But I, but I will tell you, I, 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 
I understand. You're there for one thing, and it is a business. And a yeah, gentleman here. You have here, to stop watching, John, because if you don't stop no, watching, I can't, they though. won't get the message. But I can't, though, because I'm, because mm-hmm. I'm actually completely intrigued. And more importantly, I do this as a job. But what I can do is, is I can voice an opinion and be like, look, I, I and again, uh, I, I appreciate the fact, and thank you for your call, I appreciate the fact that everybody gets a chance to use their forum. You get to use your forum and, and, and do it. Get involved. Get involved. The one thing you won't hear on this show is how you should vote. I don't care how you vote. I don't. I don't care. I don't want to tell you how to vote. I'm not, to me, I am not astute enough to think that I know your lot in life. I know your, uh, your circumstance that one size fits all politics or more one-sided arguments fit. I love the uh, guy with the right wing. And I'll say it again. I love the guy with the right wing because people will tell you, oh, yeah, well, you have that opinion. Well, that means you voted for this guy. And it's just, it, and, and it, it constants, it's a constant where people, yeah, well, you voted for, you're, you're with this guy. Really? You obviously didn't even, and you can even follow my social media, by the way, publicly. And you would know that, well, wait a minute, he didn't vote for the guy that I thought he voted for. Because people just have this mindset in their head. They think they know who you vote for. They think you know your politics. They think you know, they think you know everything. And I'll say it right now, and it's not going to be popular. And I will tell you right off the bat. Kirk Herbstreet is being universally praised this morning for his impassioned speech yesterday on the social justice message on College Game Day. And I absolutely can tell you, I know very casually, I know Kirk Herbstreet, very casually. But what I can tell you is, I believe his heart is genuine. I believe his message is genuine. And I believe that Kirk Herbstreet cares about people. I think he cares about people. I think he cares about communities. Uh, so I absolutely respect the man and, and, and can tell you, from small interact, I mean, I've, I've over the years have had interactions with Kirk when I was at ESPN, and otherwise, even as a, a host, him guesting on our show, he is uh, he's top he's top notch caliber people, and today he is the tour de force as far as uh, watch this impassioned speech, and I will say it again, I think the message is fantastic, and I think it's awesome, but yesterday. I was so excited, and I go to, and yesterday was a cardio day, so I go to the gym. I've taken off, and by the way, Anthony, all the COVID weight off, by the way. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I'm more embarrassed the fact that I put it on, but I got it all off. So now I'm back, so thankfully I can, I can back and build some momentum. So took the COVID weight off. So yesterday was just a cardio day. Put the, and I got on the treadmill, and I put it up at a two and a half elevation, and I'm trying to do a slight jog and a walk and, a, and, and just, just keep in the fat burn zone and burn some fat. And I'm watching college. And I was so excited, I even timed it so I could watch college game day, which came on at 11. And yesterday's college game day, honestly, it seemed to me like something I would see on a CNN special a CNN town hall, a MSNBC town hall, 
otherwise uh it was it was a very very orchestrated very very i don't know very very deep show and what i can say is the last thing i come to college game day for is a deep show and you'll tell me, oh, it's important now. It, it, this has to be done. This, this is important. This has to be centered. No. Uh, the message, yes. The message, yes. And if you want to get that message out, believe me, Kirk Herbstreet is a, an amazing talent. And can, his public forum is huge. Huge. He can get, it, he can get ears and attention anytime that he wishes. But I was so excited yesterday for college game day that college football was back. And I watched the special. Maria Taylor is, to me, creative, young, innovative, does a very, very good job. I was excited for college football yesterday. And what I got was something that, that sh- the, almost, almost the entire show had such a deep sort of just dramatic tone to it. And I got to tell you, it wasn't what I was shopping for yesterday. It wasn't what I was so excited for. It wasn't what I had made an appointment. You talk about appointment television. I made an appointment yesterday to make sure I was at the gym that time because I knew I was going to be watching something where I have headsets on and a screen. And I was shocked. I was shocked. I, I, I honestly, I found myself wandering. I found myself wandering. Because it just wasn't, it wasn't what I was shopping for. It's not what I come for. I was looking for yesterday to be a joyous celebration of the return of college football. Instead, I got two guys on the show telling me, I don't think college football should be played. Can you imagine that? Turn into TNT tonight, Shaq and Ernie, and then say, I don't think NBA basketball should be played in the pandemic. I don't think it should be played. It's not safe. I'm worried about myocarditis. Look. Just wasn't for me. Wasn't for me. It's not shut up and dribble. It's I'm there for something else. We'll get to it next. Who are your playoff teams and who's going to win the Super Bowl? J.K. Show, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.